The following pre-recorded program is paid for by SSI Guardian. Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg with your host, psychologist and author, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Living Well with Dr. Peg explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics brought to you by SSI Guardian. Living Well with Dr. Peg shares effective and practical psychological strategies based on biblical principles for living well and staying safe. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Peg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat. Visit drpegradio.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. Hello, listeners. It's great to be with you again today. This is Living Well with Dr. Peg, and I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. Our show is brought to you each week by our sponsor, SSI Guardian, who has set the new standard in advanced safety education. Go to ssiguardian.com. To learn more about their advanced safety education and training, products, and solutions. Now, we all know Proverbs 17:22, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Now, this proverb seems to be telling us that being cheerful and merry is actually good for our health and our mental health. And one way to be more cheerful and merrier is to laugh. And that's something I really love to do is to laugh. So it's my pleasure to have on the show today two very funny men and YouTube sensations who also happen to be brothers, Kevin and Jason Fredericks. And I'm laughing already just thinking about some of their funny videos. And we'll hear from them and make our hearts merry in just a moment. So call or text your grandmama and them right now and tell them to tune into the show. If you've got sugar diabetes, if their pressure is high, if they've got that arthritis or the gout, If they're dealing with stress and someone's getting on their last nerve, make sure you let them know they can get some medicine for free on the Living Well with Dr. Pegg show right now. I'm going to put that in one of my comedy routines one day. That's sugar diabetes. (laughs) So we're coming to you from Denver, Colorado on 94.7 FM, The Word, and streaming online from drpegradio.com. And if you missed last week's episode or any episode of Living Well with Dr. Pegg, Go to drpegradio.com to listen to past episodes or to connect with our sponsor. You can also learn more about my various events, retreats, and books happening this summer. Check out my Do Something Different for a Change, personal transformation retreats, coaching, packages, and books by going to drpegradio.com. Well, in addition to my guests uh, who are on the phone with us today, I've also got in the studio with me Dr. Carla Coburn, and she's going to be here uh, for this conversation because we're going to be recording another program that will air next week. Thanks, Carla, for being here today. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, and and we'll we'll learn more about you and what you're doing uh, later in this show and uh, next week. So as promised, my guests on today's show have the gift of making people laugh and smile. And I first learned about them from their viral YouTube video, 10 Types of Black Preachers, Kevin Fredericks and Jason Fredericks are brothers, comedians, and YouTube sensations who bring a little laughter into the world every day. Kevin and Jason Fredericks, thanks thanks for being on the phone with me today. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having us. Hey, Dr. Fed. Hey, hey, nice to meet you guys. What's up, Denver? Hey, hey. Yeah, we're here in Denver, and you guys are, where are you based? I'm in Los Angeles. Okay, and Jason? I'm in North Carolina. All right, North Carolina. I like that. I used to live in Virginia. (laughs) 
Okay, so you're li- up the street. I like the South. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to hear about those uh, 10 types of black preachers later in the show. Uh, but first, let's take a look at how you came to be such funny guys. Uh, as a psychologist, I like to blame everything and credit everything on our families. Families usually provide us with a lot of inspiration for jokes, don't they? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So as as a psychologist, we like to say, tell us about your childhood, um, where you grew up and what your family dynamics were like. Uh, who's the older? I'll let that person speak first. Uh, this is Jason. I'm older and more wiser. I like to say that. All right. <laughs> Anytime they're talking to us. Um, we grew up uh, in El Paso, Texas, which is pretty much uh, the desert of Mexico. Um, and we we grew up in a in a household with uh, great grandma, grandma, mom, two uncles, aunt, me, Kevin, our, our younger sister, and a dog. Wow! Uh, <laughs> all in the in a small place, and so let's just say that uh, we it was a lot of love there because it was a lot of close quarters, and so we are church kids to the bone, meaning you know. Since we were came out of the womb, we've been at church almost all week long since we were <laughs> kids, and so uh, our family dynamics was very, uh, very churchy, very loving. Uh, we didn't grow up with a lot, so naturally we have uh, a, a, a sense of what what it is to go without and and working hard and having a good time, but. Um, I think Kev will say this, and we say this all the time. We are we are one of the more not the funniest people in the family. Um, our grandma Ruth <laughs> is hilarious. Our mother Sheila, when we're around, she probably is the the loudest one in the room, making everybody laugh. And uh, and if you grew up in our family, you had to be able to to make everybody laugh or laugh or you just couldn't be in the conversation because everybody is very quick-witted um, and funny. And, and we grew up in a family of entertainers. You couldn't, entertainers, if you couldn't sing, um, you could play an instrument. If you couldn't play an instrument, you could make people laugh. You were an athlete or something. Um, everybody in our family is pretty great at something. I think people have similar stories, but that was just our family dynamic growing up. Yeah, that's that's funny. So when I said, tell your grandmama and then maybe we'll call grandmama <laughs> and Mama Sheila, <laughs> get, them on, <laughs> yes. get them on the show as well. Uh, how about you, Kevin? What, what's your experience? I'm the baby of my family, and so if, if my older siblings were to to give their sense of how it was for us growing up, it would be very different. Their perspective's very different than mine. And so with Jason being the, the older, uh, what's your perspective as the younger brother? Well, he likes to say he's older and more wiser. And if he were more wiser, he would know that it's just wiser. <laughs> you don't have to add the more. So, <laughs> but uh, like he said, he's the oldest younger sister. So I'm the middle child. And you know, I just like to say that nobody loved me. I didn't have godparents. Both my brother and sister had godparents. Um, they took them on trips, gave them gifts on their birthday. They had a small cage for me to live in when I was a kid. You know, they threw a biscuit at me from time to time, and I just made do. And that's kind of the reason that I'm funny is because I had to spend many nights alone while they were at Disneyland and going on cruises, being sad and crying myself to sleep. And, you know... It was in those dark nights of terror and sadness that joy was born. 
<laughs> amen, amen. No, well, I totally agree with Jason. My, we probably are number three and four or four and five funniest in our family. But, um, you know, that's just how it was growing up. Yeah. It's not a lot of money, but a lot of love. Yeah. Well, we'll need to have you guys do a, a family video if you haven't already, the extended family. And so, um, again, you know, Kev, being the middle child, uh, I have a, some room on my couch for you if you need to talk some more about that <laughs> later. <Of course. laughs> we, we always, ever since, um, ever since Jan Brady, uh, the, that middle child boy sure, sure has a hard time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, tell me about your salvation experience, especially, you know, growing up in a, a family, a, a, you said a very churchy family with a lot of love in, in the church, as they say, whenever the doors are open. Um, it's always interesting to hear about how people came to um, give their lives to the Lord. Um, um, what was going on in your lives uh, that that truly um, made it go from this is what our family does to this is my relationship with the Lord? Uh, Jason? Well, you know, we come from church where, you know, we come from old school black church. So if you didn't have the Holy Ghost by the time you were seven, looking at you at eight or nine, they're like, hey, I don't know what's wrong with your kid. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you had to get in the back and carry, gee, 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 gee. yeah, 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 yeah. It's right on the your tongue. There it is. There it is. You, you, uh, you, had to, you, you had to be saved. You know what I'm saying? I mean, our church experience is our friends were at church, our parents were at church, our friends' parents were at church um, all week long. So our whole week, we, our whole life experience was built around church. So um, if you did anything outside of the covenant of church, you were wrong. I mean, we really come from old traditional black church. Mm-hmm. So um, when it came to, just being honest and clear as an adult, when, when it came to being saved, it was more about servitude of serving in church and things like that it was it was as a young kid it was less about your relationship with christ as we got older and we started to understand um what christ did for us on the cross for ourselves what his blood covering our lives really meant um we got better understanding but i will say that a, a lot of it was very good learned traditional behavior but because that's what we were around, being a product of your environment. And so um, even our comedy, um, when, when people talk about it it, it, it comes from a very churchy experience, but that's why it connects to people because it's not done in a derogatory way. And I know you probably will talk about that a little bit more later, but it comes from a, we were part of this. And so we're, we're, we're making fun of our, our lives as the church people more than it is it's making fun of the church. Right. And so when our salvation came in, it, it was just it was something that was a natural evolution of being a kid, a pew baby that grew up to singing in the junior choir, to singing in the youth choir, to being in Sunday school, going through primary beginner, primary, intermediate class, senior class, playing the drums. I mean, all those were 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 milestones you hit as being a church kid. And being saved and living your life set apart was part of that, too. And then you learn about Christ a little bit mm-hmm. later as far as that part of the relationship. And that's just the honest truth. Yeah. Amen. Well, how about you, Kev? Um, would, would you say your experience was similar uh, to Jason? 
sounds like we may have lost Kevin. Uh-oh. See, it's that middle kid syndrome. <laughs> what Jason, what you do to him? <laughs> you, you ran him off. I, well, let's talk. Yeah, about... he probably lost connection. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. sorry. I, I, I'm here. Oh, I there he is. I couldn't figure out how to get my phone back off. Oh, okay. Was, no problem. Uh, reading, I flipped over to my Bible app, and I was just getting a couple scriptures in while my brother was talking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was going to say I agree with Jason wholeheartedly. Um, people always, you know, say, you know, you guys are making fun of the church, but literally, like, that's all we knew. Mm-hmm. And it was like a rite of passage to get the Holy Ghost. Like, man, you ain't saved? Have you spoken tongues? Or you ain't baptized? Like, so we would be in church and service. Like, we wanted to come out and make our family proud mm-hmm. and be like, oh, he got it. He got it. Mm-hmm. And then later on, you know, our relationship developed more with the Lord. It took me a lot of time to get in the Holy Ghost. And when you come out of the Terrian room and you didn't get it, you know, that disappointment in your family's face is like, well, there's, there's no dinner for you tonight. Man. So I'm sorry that you didn't get it. You should have got it. <laughs> you know, All so, right. Um, but I feel like we did develop a stronger relationship with God as we grew older, you know. But, you know, I, I don't necessarily think anything was wrong with that. I don't feel like people were putting pressure on us to get saved. You know, nobody was saying, well, if you get, you know, outside the joke, nobody was saying things like that. But you just kind of wanted to get the Holy Ghost. Right. You right. wanted to sing in the choir you wanted to play the drums like you wanted to be a part of everything that was going on right you wanted to be able to participate in the fullness of of everything that that god has for us and that was that was what you knew and i appreciate what you're saying that it wasn't that you're making fun of the church it like probably any good comedian you look at your life around you and you tell jokes about it and that was your life you were in the church uh so uh, what what were your aspirations uh, growing up? I, I understand that the family culture was everybody better be able to entertain and you better sing or play an instrument or at least be funny. Um, but in terms of your... your or athletic. And, or athletic, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. What what kinds of things were you thinking about in terms of career as um, high school students and, and young adults before uh, your comedy really took off? Well, as a kid, I always thought I was going to go to the NBA. Um and travel the world doing playing mm-hmm. basketball. And then I stopped growing and also stopped getting better at basketball. So after, after that, I kind of felt like I'll go into the military. My dad was in the military, so that was kind of all I knew for like stability. So I was in ROTC in uh, college, but I got kicked out of that. <laughs> so funny, but not funny. But I got kicked out of RCC because I didn't want to wear the uniform all day or go get up early and go oh, do uh, exercise and stuff. So they kicked me out. Mm-hmm. And so after that, I did. I, re- I was just like every other college student. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So um, I don't know. I just kind of got jobs after that. It wasn't until I got um, to L.A. and we started doing our comedy full-time that I really felt like I found what I want to do for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, all the jobs after college were just, you know, you got to pay the rent, you got to pay the mortgage, you got to, kids got to eat. It was just jobs to fulfill those, but I don't think I loved any of them. Right. And so being being a full-time professional comedian is, is uh, your aspiration. You're doing it, and God gave you the grace to be funny. And so I think one of the inspiring story, uh, inspiring messages about your story, your, your lives, is that uh, we sometimes have this perception or stereotype that to be successful, we've either got to be a doctor, a lawyer, or an athlete, or um, a pastor. Um, but God blessed you with the, the gift of, of humor and to make people laugh and to make people look at themselves and 
look at the world around them. And, and that's a, a legitimate, valid gift for the kingdom. I totally it agree. It I is. think um, somebody was like, Kevin, you, you know, I play around and speak a lot of messages as jokes. People are like, you got to you gotta, you gotta answer your call and be a pastor or a preacher. And, and I just think that there's other ways to be in ministry. And, you know, to me, laughter and comedy is, is, is my ministry. Mm-hmm. The Lord wants me to be a pastor. He doesn't have to come down and talk to me directly. <laughs> well, part of part of um, having all that insight into pa- being a pastor, and maybe people thought you'd be a pastor, is that you were able to come up with uh, the, one of the funniest YouTube videos I've still ever seen to date. Uh, I watch it on a regular basis. The first time I discovered it, I just laughed and laughed and laughed and shared it with everyone. I'm not sure how many how many views you have, but probably uh, 10,000 of them are me and my friends that I, I forwarded it to. But talk about those 10 uh, types of black preachers. And, and I think it really could just be titled 10 types of preachers uh, because we've we've seen preachers of all races, all b- backgrounds, preach like you guys uh, poke fun at in your video. And, and again, because your comedy is rooted in your experiences and you did grow up in the black church, it's 10 types of black preachers. But uh, really, I've seen all of those preachers um, in in all colors. Uh, so, talk a little bit about those ten types of black preachers. Jason, you want to take this? I think Jason's yeah, reading his I'll Bible say, app too. Yeah, I was, I was also reading my Bible because I know God wants to do a mighty work. Um, so, the ten type of black preachers, you know, I, I will say this. When I'll honestly with the playmakers, myself, uh, my brother Kevin, and our, you know, good friend Anthony Davis, like, this stuff is really where we come from. Mm-hmm. So, to be honest, you know, I think I can speak for us when I say we don't expect these videos to grow as viral as they go. Um, but we, there is a, a, a truth to them, and it's just that it's, this is something that we've seen. Um, and that's why it connects with every. That's why it connects with everybody else. So we just, we you know, we act it out the best way we've seen it, and then it just goes crazy <laughs> online. You know what I'm saying? People, it takes on a life, a life, life of its own. We do add our our funny con, con, uh, connotation to it. Um, like the video opens with Kev doing um, interesting voice, and he kind of <laughs> sounds like Bishop Noel Jones. If, if if anybody knows who Bishop Noel Jones is, he was on Preachers of L.A. And he's a very prominent bishop in the PAWN, and um, and he lives in Los Angeles. Growing up for us church kids, uh, that was Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? To hear Bishop mm. Noel Jones preach at a at a, at a mm. convention or something, that was Michael Jordan. So that's us, you know, playing homage to him. Like, oh my God, we love how you preach. Now Kevin's also preaching thriller, Michael Jackson, right, right, at the same time, and and really and really doing it, but it's. That, that's what it was. And so um, we really just have a lot of fun just being church kids. Uh, we're, we're really grown kids just play, playing church and having a good time like we did when we were kids. And Ten Type of Black Churches is one of the examples of that, even like How to Shout in a Black Church. Um, and, and the other videos that we've done, it's similar to those things. And so uh, that particular video, it's one of my favorites, but a lot of times people have a good time watching them we have a good time making them because we're just having fun with each other. Like a lot of times I'm having fun with my brother and we're just filming it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And there's nobody around for the laugh. It's just us laughing at each other, just three or four of us in the room laughing at each other. And so 
um, 10 type of black preachers. Uh, you know, you guys haven't seen it, go check it out on YouTube or on our Facebook fan page. And just, you know, you'll see if you have, if you've been in a black church, You'll see some. You'll see somebody that you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, when, with the uh, strange voice, the the one that first opens up that you say is is a well known preacher in L.A. Um, it t- took me a minute to realize that Kev was actually doing the the Vincent Price uh, role from Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> so the voice alone was funny enough, but then when I was like, oh my goodness, wait, he's talking about Thriller. <laughs> So Carla, Dr. Carla uh, Coburn is here with me in in the studio, and um, uh, Carla had posted on her Facebook page recently, Carla, uh, about church musicians. She posted a question. Can you share that real quickly? And I just want to hear Kev's um, uh, thoughts about that. You asked about um, church musicians requesting to be paid when we have all these other volunteers in the church, Mm -hmm. the ushers and... Um, everyone who who um, is you know keeping the service moving forward and even volunteering during the week and they're not being paid and and certainly um, some uh, church musicians are being paid quite a bit and again no disrespect we nope. we appreciate them but uh, post that question I'm curious on on Kev's uh, uh, thoughts about that yeah I I had I asked this question simply because you know my husband and I pastor a church and. We always are looking for a musician, and we always seem to not be able to quite afford what they put on the table. So I asked, um, what makes their gift any different than the others in the body that are not monetized, such as the ushers and greeters and deacons and all of them? And and Carla was asking in all seriousness, Absolutely. no no shade. No. Was, you weren't joking. You were like, we need to know because yeah, yeah. we need a keyboard player on yeah, Sunday. We really do. <laughs> we really do. So, Kev, I know, again, you guys, you know, a lot of your comedy is rooted in your experiences in the church, and, and you've poked fun at the musicians and the choir. What are, what are your initial thoughts to that question? You know, I've heard that question a lot, and it's argued in many a church parking lot about that. Mm-hmm. I have never actually heard it phrased in comparison to other gifts in the body. So I don't have a prepared argument uh, for it. And uh, I was a musician in a church. I played a average bass guitar and the organist or keyboard player was always paid. And, you know, I, I never had a problem with it. Um, and I don't have a good answer for you. I really wish I could. I don't know. Well, let's ask the older. Let's ask the older, wiser, wiser more wiser brother. <laughs> what you got to say? Wiser, right. this, is, this is where the this is where the more wiser comes in, right or wrong. <laughs> um, I would say this, and and this is not to take away from anybody's specialization in the church, but everybody there there's a musician can usher. Usher can't necessarily be a musician, and what I mean by that is that is a a skill that is one mm-hmm. is good. Two, two, you have to practice and become good enough to even be in a position to play for a church. Three, a lot of times a musician that is their livelihood. So it's not just ushering isn't your livelihood. This ushering is something you serve to do. Um, and the only reason I'm, I'm sorry to all the ushers out there, we really appreciate you guys. I'm just saying we just we mentioned Usher, so I'm just using that as an example. And so you can serve on, you know, first Sundays and maybe third Sundays and come to an Usher rehearsal maybe once a month. A musician has to be there for every service, every rehearsal, each part, 
make sure everything's together. It's a, it's a lot of responsibility. And really for musicians, it, again, it's a, it's a full-time job. It's not just coming in and playing because there's a lot of things that you have to do outside of the church that coincide with that. Yeah. Um, now, most musicians that don't do uh, playing an instrument full-time usually aren't as good as the ones that are playing full-time mm-hmm. and being asked to play at other places. And so when you're trying to feed your family and a church isn't going to pay you to be to sit in two services on Sunday and another church is going to pay you to come play, um, Jason, let me let me interrupt you there, Jason. We're going to go to a break, and when we come back, I'll let you finish your thought. I'm talking with Funny Men and Brothers, Jason and Kevin Fredericks, and we're talking all things church and church life and talking about the choir and musicians. And when we come back, we'll hear more from them. Don't go away. This is Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. You can tune in every Saturday on 94.7 FM, The Word, or go to drpegradio.com. So listen online and for the program archives. We'll be right back. 94.7 FM, The Word. One needs to look no further than today's headlines to understand the threats facing American schools. They remain soft targets for violent threats, and yet our schools go largely underprepared. Our children deserve the highest level of education in the safest learning environment possible. The SSI Guardian QAL, or Quick Action Lockdown, is the fastest and safest way to lock down a classroom. This revolutionary device provides schools with maximum locking protection while meeting all safety, fire, and building codes. Designed by the leading lock experts in the world, the QAL is the only lock that meets Department of Homeland Security primer recommendations. SSI Guardian QAL now makes classroom lockdowns fast and safe with the red button. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the best classroom protection. Take action today by calling SSI Guardian at 877-878-5800 or go to guardianprotect.com. That's guardianprotect.com. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstra. Officials at a New York hospital where a former doctor opened fire yesterday, killing one, injuring six, say the conditions of some of the victims have improved. Three patients who were listed as very critical have been changed to stable. The shooter, identified as Dr. Henry Bellow, reportedly held a grudge after being terminated from the hospital two years ago. He went there Friday with an AM-15 assault rifle tucked under his white lab coat, opened fire, then killed himself. A request for detailed information about every voter in the U.S. from President Trump's voting commission getting a rocky reception in states like California and New York who are refusing to comply. But even some conservative states that voted for the president, such as Texas, say they can provide only partial responses based upon what is legally allowed under state law. And current and former leaders from Europe and beyond gathered in Strasbourg, France today to bid farewell to former Chancellor Helmut Kohl of Germany, who died in June. This is SRA. This is Denver's all-new 94.7 FM, The Word. It's been said that we do what we want. We get what we ask for. When the wisest man on earth was asked what he wanted, he asked for understanding. He wanted discernment to do his job, to carry out his role on earth. And you? What are you asking for? What do you really want? Ask, and it will be given to you. But make sure you ask for wisdom. You've got a job to do. Find wisdom. Here, 94.7 FM, The Word. 
Hi, everyone. This is Carlos Swanigan. God desires that you will experience and receive his grace, the grace that you long for, right from his heart. Please join me every Saturday at 4 p.m. for Scandalous Grace. You'll hear how impactful testimonies of how the goodness of God has transformed lives, including mine. My desire is to connect you with the heart of God and the truth of how he truly loves and sees you. If you're hurt, if you're broken, if you yearn for God's love and acceptance, let the healing begin. And join me, Carlos Swanigan, for Scandalous Grace every Saturday at 4 p.m. right here on 94.7 FM, The Word. If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. A free book to help you maximize your retirement income from television host and three-time author Josh Melberg has been released. This book reveals little-known truths about annuity strategies in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we are about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known secrets we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity. Call 800 725 1616 now and you'll receive a free copy of Josh Milberg's book Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. As a bonus, we'll also send you a copy of The Number One Mistakes Retirees Are Making With Their Investments Today and a free DVD on how you can get up to 33% more income in retirement. Call 800-725-1616. That's 800-725-1616. Employees of J.D. Milberg Financial have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. Welcome back, everyone. My guests are comedians Kevin and Jason Fredericks, and I'm joined in the studio by Dr. Carla Coburn, and we'll hear more from her in this segment. Um, Kevin and Jason, thanks so much for being on the program. And, Kev, I know you've got to run. You've got uh, some, some more comedy to take care of. We so appreciate you uh, p- dropping by and, and giving us a few laughs today. Of course. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks, Kevin. Take care. And, uh, All right, take care. Jason, how can we reach uh, you and Kevin? Um, you, you have a very strong presence on social media. How can folks get in touch with you? How can they book you? Um, yes, give us that you, contact. If you want to go to any bookings, um, you can go on Facebook um, to either fan page. We have the Playmakers Comedy fan page, and we also have the Kel on Stage fan page. And so you can you can book either one of us uh, from there, uh, and and we get all our information. If you want to reach Kev, uh, who's very prominent on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, it's all Kev on Stage. And so my information is Jason Frederick. Uh, and so you, if you, you found one, you found us all. Because okay. we're all literally all in the same spot. So Wait, that's how you reach it. Amen, amen. And again, um, thanks so much, uh, Kev on stage. Kevin Fredericks uh, had to run. But um, his older, more wiser <laughs> brother, Jason <laughs> Fredericks. And, and that's J-No-A, son, right? I saw that on yes, online. It's really, it's really J-A-S-O-N. Yeah. What happened with it, and I tell this story how I got the nickname J-No-A. What happened is I, I, I prefer to use my name, Jason Fredericks, J-A-S-O-N, on social media. A lot of times it's already taken away when I was building my mm. social media channel. So people would ask, well, well, how do you spell your name? Is I say J No A S O N because we take the A out and Jason Fredericks was there like that. So that it, the nickname just kind of stuck because everybody said it's J No A. <laughs> so that's what happened, and it is and it's just kind of caught on and it just it just stuck and it was so it's by happenstance. Yeah, excellent. Well, um, 
A lot of people don't know I'm an aspiring comic myself, and <laughs> right. uh, I didn't I didn't really know <laughs> that until recently. About a year ago, I um, decided to do my church's open mic night, and um, you know I've, I've gotten the feedback from a few people that I'm I can be funny. My kids don't think I'm all that funny. They're, they've heard all of my jokes, and they just aren't laughing anymore after 22 years. But some people think I, I'm pretty funny every now and then. And so it was a bucket list item to um, do a stand-up routine on um, uh, at my church's open mic night. And um, so I kind of got bitten by the bug. I, I thought I did pretty well. Um, and uh, I've gotten about 200 views on YouTube. You can look Good. for Dr. Pegg's comedy <laughs> debut if yeah. you want to hey. see it. <laughs> so I've done it a few more times oh. since then. And um, I don't know that I, I want to make a career as a stand-up comic, but I think it would be nice to be able to be a little funnier in my mm-hmm. speeches. <laughs> so what yeah. kind of tips can you give me to hone my craft? What What's the process um, to really get good at this and, and if someone were to want to become a professional and do comedy full-time, what kind of advice can you give them? One, um, be funny. And that, I'm just, <laughs> and that, that sounds so simple and straightforward, but you got to be funny. Um, and, and what I mean by that is not just, there's, there's different kinds of funny. There's funny in groups of people. There's class clowns. And then there's people that can just make you laugh. And you have to be funny in that way that you can make a group of people laugh um, because you're good at storytelling or mm. telling the, the joke. Because comedy is a, uh, doing stand-up comedy is a technique um, and delivery. And, and just like when you're, like you said, Doctor, when you're doing a speech, there's a technique and a delivery method you have to give your message across. It's the same way in comedy. And so, and an audience uh, can connect with your story the same kind of way. So, if you can't deliver that story in a funny way that appeals to different people, then you 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 have to stop. But I, I would first say be funny amongst your peers. Mm-hmm. Be be somebody that people think like, you know, you're funny. You know, I like laying on your couch, but you know, when we just have a great conversation, you're always making me laugh. And I would I would kind of start there because a lot of people think they're funny. It's just being uh, truthful, and they're not <laughs> funny. It's just nobody has the guts to say that's not funny. Yeah, well, my you know kids have told me so, that, but I'm not. I'm not believing yeah. them. <laughs> You're gonna keep going. <laughs> I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> I'm not gonna let them deter me. Yeah, kids are haters. Well, you end up on something like uh, American Idol for the. Um, for the auditions and you actually think you can really sing Mm -hmm. and then no one has ever told you the truth that you really can't sing and Mm -hmm. you really should not be this shouldn't be your dream Mm -hmm. yes pursue your dreams but change your dream Mm -hmm. and it's a rude awakening i used to enjoy watching the um american idol auditions because i thought it was comedy you know it wasn't about the singing it right. was about just they were delusional yeah. so that really is good advice to have some honest feedback um maybe when i get to a thousand views on my youtube video you i'll go. i'll feel like maybe maybe i'm a little bit funny <laughs> until then maybe my kids might go. be right yeah <laughs> so so when when we talk about um i appreciate what you said in terms of um being able to be funny where you are in storytelling. Um, but what what kind of guidance can you give on 
and we we hit on this already, kind of mean-spirited, being funny at someone else's expense. And I grew up in New York, in on Long Island, and um, some of my character flaws I, I blame on the fact that I'm from New York. No offense to New York, but you know, <laughs> New Yorkers can be rude, right? And I can say that because I'm from New York, like you can make fun of the church because you grew mm-hmm. up in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to make jokes at other people's expense. And it was actually a Yolanda Adams song, the lyrics, lyrics in a Yolanda Adams song that the Lord used to convict me. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the actual lyrics now, but she was telling little stories in her song about someone who was making jokes at someone else's expense. Mm-hmm. And I really took that to heart. And um, occasionally I kind of slipped back into that. Um, but I really am mindful of if I'm going to be funny, I'd rather make fun of myself or something, you know, objectively funny around me. Uh, what are, what's your thoughts about that in terms of um, people who, you know, you'll you'll see their stand up routine and you kind of cringe because they're just roasting someone else and it's kind of mean. Mm-hmm. And I think the term you just used is, is the right term, which was roasting. We call it joning. Um, there, there's a, there's a playful way and there's a hurtful mm-hmm. way, there's a bullying way. And there's a way that you're like, Oh my God, you know, like uh, uh, when you're doing it amongst your friends, you know, like your mama joke, you know what I'm saying? Um, if me and my brother are doing your mama jokes, we're actually talking about the same mother. So mm-hmm. it probably doesn't work. But if, if we're, if, if, if somebody from the outside is talking about my mom, you take offense to it, unless it's my friend. Unless it's welcome behavior, and I think that's the difference is that is is what you're saying welcomed. If I'm doing stand up across the stage and I am, um, you know, somebody sitting on the front row, people generally that are going to a comedy show know that the front row you're susceptible to being a part of the show. Right. You know what I mean? And so, but it's tastefully done. We're not doing it in a disrespectful way. Hey, man, look at your shoes. Them the shiniest shoes I ever seen. That's different than you know. It's 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 a way that you put it, mm-hmm. and I believe that you shouldn't do comedy that's hurtful or bullying or or things like that um, at somebody else's expense. Um, but I, I've seen it done, and I've seen reasons why people do it. I don't think that's just something that you have to do. If I'm clowning one of my friends. He's also clowning me back, and we both know each other's limits. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing it to just somebody, and I don't know their limits, I don't know what their struggle was. If you're struggling, you know, somebody struggled with weight, you know what I mean? And I'm clowning your weight, and I don't know this person. We don't know how much harm is being done. So right. when it's like that, I won't even touch it. Right. My brother won't even touch it. But mm-hmm. if it's me and my brother clowning each other, he clowns himself. Oh, I got man boobs. Oh, yeah, you do got man boobs. Yes, you do. <laughs> you know, that's me and him. <laughs> being brothers and it's okay mm-hmm. and i said that as for for any kind of comedy i think you have to understand the line where how not to offend the people um and how to uh still be able to tell your joke and and for us it's a little bit rougher in the church world because uh comedy as much as it's around us every day in the church uh everything is, is you're it's supposed to be still so serious and even though the doors are opening more for us to perform all over uh, the country, been all over the country performing, it's still a lot of closed doors to certain things with comedy. People just don't think you should be laughing in the church still sometimes. Mm. So yeah. we have to be careful with that. And that's, you know, 
we're just mindful of it. Um, and let me interrupt you, uh, Jason. Uh, ahead, it's it's, it's some of it is religion, like women need to wear pantyhose yeah. when they can go Absolutely. to the church. And if I'm speaking at someone's church and I'm not familiar with the culture there, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to wear a dress. I'm going to wear pantyhose. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm f- more familiar and I know kind of the culture, I may be more free mm-hmm. um, to wear pants or no pantyhose when it's 90 degrees out. Absolutely. So some of that's religion that would keep us from even wanting to laugh in church. <laughs> and, but on the other mm-hmm. hand, as you're, as you're saying is making fun of others. Well, that's that, what would Jesus do? Yeah. You know, he, he has a sense of humor. I, I, I laugh with the Lord all the time. Lord, mm-hmm. you're really funny. Mm-hmm. Look what you just did there. <laughs> he has a sense of humor, right. but again, he's not, he's going to tell a joke in love, yeah. right? You're, you're, you're right. going to laugh, not cringe. And so there's certainly yeah. there's certainly a difference there. Well, um, Jason, I know you've got to run as well. And um, as much as we'd love to keep you uh, with us on the program, um, we know that because you have to go means things are going well. You're you guys are, are doing your thing, and 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 we're we yeah. we see the Lord glorified. Um, just I know I laugh. Just just thinking about you guys makes me laugh. And it is good, clean, wholesome fun. And so I so appreciate uh, your ministry and what you're doing and, and that the Lord makes makes room for your gifts. Yeah, he has made a lot of room. Um, I will say this. Thanks for everybody that ever uh, liked, shared, tagged in a video, um, watched, viewed it. Um, you know, I, I will say that over the probably the last, even though we've been doing this since 2001, 2002, over the last probably two years, 18 months or so, you know, our brand has grown by leaps and bounds, Amen. probably tripled we- in size. And that's just nothing but the grace of God. Um, Amen. And we're thankful and for Jason, we got 30 seconds. Oh, I don't want to... Don't want to interrupt no, you. No, no, go ahead. It, it, we'll keep you over to the next God. segment if you if you got just one more minute. I don't want to cut you off, but we're we're just about to run out of time. If you can stay with us just for another few minutes, I'm talking with. Go ahead, I will. I'm talking with Jason Fredericks, J No A Fredericks, funny man, YouTube sensation, part of the Playmakers with his brother Kevin Fredericks. Kev on stage, who we had in segment one. Don't go away. We'll be right back. 94.7 FM, The Word. Schools can no longer afford not to invest in a professional evidence-based advanced safety education training program. It's the single most important decision and investment a school administrator will ever make in their professional career. When all else fails, training and preparation are the only things that will increase your chances of survival in a violent incident such as an active shooter or active terrorism. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training programs tailored to your needs. While there are many basic training programs largely based on opinion and emotion, SSI Guardian is the only advanced training program of its type with an accredited continuing education unit, or CEU, issued by an accredited university. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions, faith-based, and professional organizations. To learn more, call SSI Guardian today at 877-878-5800 or visit guardianprotect.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark.
Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. If you're confused, stuck, or ready for change, go to drpegradio.com and check out my book, Do Something Different for a Change. You might enjoy that for your summer reading list. And consider scheduling a Do Something Different for a Change personal transformation retreat for yourself or for you and a small group of friends. In both my books and retreats, you'll learn the three common barriers to change and effective practical strategies to overcome them so that you can experience lasting change in your life. Go to drpegradio.com. And if you need a little more laughter in your life, uh, my guests have been Kevin and Jason Fredericks. Kev had to run, and Jason's about ready to run as well. They've got stuff to do, more jokes to tell. Jason Fredericks, thanks so much for being on the program today. Thanks for having me, Doc. Denver, thank you guys so much for listening in. Yeah, hopefully you all will make it to Denver real soon in the near future. Yes, we hope to be there. We're going to bring the um, Life Share Tag Comedy Tour uh, out there. So be prepared for it later this year. Okay, and we'll have you back on live in the studio uh, or recorded, pre-recorded in the studio, but in person here with me. So thanks so much. Uh, Can you give your contact info one more time? Yes. Uh, look up the Playmakers Comedy on Facebook. Also look up Kevin on stage on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And we can't wait to connect with you guys. Okay, thanks. And I'll have a link to their contact info on my website, drpegradio.com. Thanks again so much, Jason Fredericks, and, and thank Kevin for us again. Will do. You guys have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Jason. God bless you. All right, so that that was fun. I've got Dr. Dr. Carla Coburn in the studio with me, and we're going to be recording um, an interview that will air next week with Carla for the whole hour. And so uh, she's here with me, and we're gonna we're gonna debrief our our uh, conversation with the comics. With the that guys. was a lot of yes, fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, and interestingly, when I was reading the the comments to your question that you post on Facebook about the church um, mm-hmm. musicians, that was one of the. The, the response that the older, wiser brother uh, uh, Jason gave, he I did. saw that on your page. That that um, nothing against ushers and greeters, mm-hmm. and we we definitely need people who have the grace mm-hmm. to be ushers and greeters. Mm-hmm. Um, I volunteered to be a greeter for a short period of time at my church and realized it wasn't for me. I didn't have the grace for it. Uh And um, people's perfume, you know, when you have to hug folks and their perfume would linger on me. I'm very sensitive to that. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? Not everyone can be Mm -hmm. an usher or a greeter. Mm -hmm. So, again, not to diminish their gifts and their contributions to the church, uh, but the the point that um, Jason made was that it's a a very uh, practiced and refined um, gift and talent and skill Mm -hmm. to be a musician Uh, there's a lot of rehearsals and practices not only at the church once or twice a week with Mm -hmm. the choir but But on their their own to Mm -hmm. to keep their skills up my brother is a a semi-professional musician Uh, he'd like to be Mm -hmm. full-time very very talented musician it takes a lot of time uh, that he invests in maintaining and improving his skills. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I actually, I I appreciated that answer. From I could tell the people who were musicians mm. and those who were leaders of the church mm. who actually had to pay these musicians. I could <laughs> yeah. tell by their responses. But um, you know, no disrespect to the musicians. It's great mm-hmm. that they are sowing so much into their gift and their talent. And um, and I think I think people got a little bit confused by the question because. I didn't mind paying a musician. Mm, it right. was like yeah. it gets to a certain amount and you won't serve um, if I don't pay that amount. Right. That was really the question. Mm-hmm. But 
for the ones that answered just like Jason did, I actually asked them, okay, so if that is your livelihood, because I work full time Mm -hmm. at another facility, um, then where do you serve? Mm. Like, I would like to see the musician on the, uh, in the children's ministry mm-hmm. or doing something else. Mm-hmm. What else do they do? And I didn't get very many of them to respond to that mm-hmm. question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, we, we appreciate our musicians. Absolutely. And, um, and just like in any profession and in any group of people, you're going to have people who uh, their hearts are pure mm-hmm. and, and, and they're doing it as unto the Lord. Absolutely. And it happens to be the way they make their living. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I appreciate that myself as a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um I'm, I, that's how I make my living. And mm-hmm. sometimes people want you to offer services for free, for free. which I do very, mm-hmm. very often. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that this is my livelihood. And I always say, you don't, you don't expect the plumber, you know, to come in the middle of the night when your toilet's overflowing well, and do right. that for free. And that's his livelihood. He happens to be a believer, but he may also donate some of his time and expertise to serve the church and Absolutely. fix their toilets or, as you said, serve in some other capacity. Yeah. So it's a good question to, it, we don't begrudge you, um, uh, labor, you know, is worthy of his, of yes. his pay. Absolutely. And so we don't begrudge that, mm-hmm. but I appreciate what you're saying is, and, and where do you serve? Then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I think the reason why they do that a lot of times is just like what you mentioned. Cause I remember being at a seminar with you and you had to actually lay that out. Like I, this is, you have to pay for this particular retreat and and i appreciate that but i think it's because a lot of times the church people just want everything for free right that's really it (laughs) and that's not true that's not how we operate we want to um sow into people but when you actually put a price on for the service times Mm -hmm. i get it i get it for um things that people are doing for their business i Mm -hmm. totally understand Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. well we were talking with kevin fredericks kev on stage and Jason Fredericks, J No A, Jason Fredericks, and they're cool. brothers. Uh, they're com- comedians, and they're part of a comedy group called the Playmakers mm-hmm. with a third gentleman, Anthony Davis, one of their friends. And um, so uh, I enjoyed that conversation. They had to run, and I'm blessed that Dr. Uh, Carla Coburn uh, is with me in the studio, and she'll stay on another hour to record a show that'll air next week. So uh, be sure to tune in next week to hear. Uh, Carla speak. Uh, she's the author of It's Time to Shift, Moving with God. And she's also the first lady of Prince of Peace Church, mm-hmm. Church of God in Christ in mm-hmm. Aurora, Colorado, and a strong teacher of the word, a prayer warrior, and has a passion for activating people in their purpose. So yeah, thanks yeah. so much for, for um, being uh, my straight man with the two uh, comedy guys. <laughs> uh, you, you need uh, you need someone uh, that you can uh, have that we posed that question a very serious question yeah. that i thought we might get a funny take from yeah. them but they're both uh both musicians themselves yeah, and grew were. up in the church so i appreciate their perspective they were. so some of the questions that i asked them uh carla i, I want to ask you and our listeners can get to know you a little bit better in advance of your interview uh that'll air next week and i asked them about their childhoods mm-hmm. and kind of um what were what were their experiences and um what, where did you grow up, your your family background? Why don't you share a little bit about that uh, yourself with the listeners? So I actually grew up here in Denver, and um, I was the only one. I actually have a brother, but um, we were both born in Illinois. He stayed in Illinois, and I came here with my mom and dad. I grew up here, um, and my father's family is here with me. So I have a very close family, but me by myself, so 
only child. Aww. Everyone thought I was spoiled <laughs> and everything. But I had a lot of friends. Yeah. Um, I did not grow up in church. Mm-hmm. I did not grow up mm-hmm. in church. I got saved when I was 25 All right. after I got married. Um, but being in Denver, it is a small group of african-american families and so know a lot of people in the in the community and um, we were just talking last night about how small denver's grown quite a bit mm-hmm. and has changed over the years but we were really a close uh close group of people um when i was younger and you always know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody <laughs> um and even for me um growing up in new york and then i went to school in rhode island and then grad school in virginia lived in Virginia for quite many years before moving to Colorado. Mm-hmm. And even not being from Colorado, not being from Denver, um, I'd be at the grocery store and be like, oh, I just moved here, but I know them. Uh-huh. So it's a, it's a small world, a it small is. community. It's changing. It is uh, a lot of people changing. moving to Denver. <laughs> so talk about your salvation experience. How did you come to know the Lord? So my husband, and um, he grew up in church and we dated and I went to church with him and I went to church, but I was just actually going. Mm. It was after we got married and I began going to a Bible study that I really learned um, about salvation. Um, and then I joined Heritage Christian Center. Mm. And it was a much smaller church than it grew grew to be. Um, and I got saved there and got all my foundational stuff there. Mm. Um, I loved the Bible. And then once I... Uh, started learning, I think because I'm a natural learner. So once I started learning about the scriptures, then I learned that we needed to serve. So I learned about serving there. And then I actually went on to be on the staff at Heritage. And and then I left after about serving there for about 10 years. And I've just gone... I actually go to, I went to CCF when mm-hmm. it was a startup church. Okay, that's my church. Uh-huh, that's where Christian you go to church with Pastor mm-hmm. Phil and Sylvia. And then, um, and then New Beginnings, where my husband actually um, was groomed by uh, Apostle Lewis Brown um, for the ministry. And while we were there, um, the Lord just pulled us out and asked us to go and pastor um, Prince of Peace, and we've mm. been over there for eight years. Eight years, eight, wow. years, eight and a half, I guess now. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's been a little longer than that because you learn a lot of yeah. uh, being new in this. Yeah, but yeah, um, it's been rewarding. Amen, amen. Well, thanks for sharing that, yeah. uh, listeners. That's Dr. Carla Coburn, and she'll be my guest next week talking about her book. It's time to shift. Yes, moving with God, and mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. Um, and and enjoyed uh, reading the book and encourage you all to get your copy. We could do it like a book club. Tell them to get their copy now. Read it in advance of your interview next week. Yeah, that would be great. But uh, uh, thanks so much for being here with me. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll we'll hear more from you next week. Um, My guests uh, this episode were Kevin and Jason Fredericks, uh, comedians and and, uh, YouTube sensations. They've got a lot of great videos out there. Um, look for the playmakers and uh, Kev on stage, and I'll have a link back to their uh, websites from my website, drpegradio.com. Uh, thanks so much, Dr. Carla Coburn, for being with Thank me, you. and we'll see you again next week. Um, meanwhile, listeners, please check out uh, the podcasts, uh, my upcoming events, my books, Do Something Different for Change, and Doggy Tales at drpegradio.com. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, reminding you to live well.
Thank you for listening to today's episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, brought to you every week by SSI Guardian. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Peg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat, visit drpegradio.com. You can also purchase Dr. Peg's books, Do Something Different for a Change, and Doggy Tales, Lessons on Life, Love, and Loss I Learned from My Dog, online at drpegradio.com. And remember to join us every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 94.7 The Word FM for Living Well with Dr. Peg. Peg.